It is Monday, February 19th, 2024. This is another edition of Football Today. That is a dude from the Talking Giants world, Bobby Skinner. I am Chris Rose, producer Mikey, along for the ride as well. And it was very nice to see your boy uh, Panic get in here the other day and do such a nice job. Much better than the job he did uh, umpiring in Blitzball Battle 4 in the debut. Did you see? Did you see him taking a, a verbal harassment from the announcer up there in the booth? I didn't. You guys got to send me like a little highlight package of of like the Justin Panic part. So I, I didn't catch that quite yet. Yeah. Or you could just watch it. You could have be, been like one of the 5,100 people in the live stream last night. I, I was I was locked in on some racing uh, oh this weekend. God. I almost died in Daytona Friday night. Oh, um, it was it was a great time. You OK? Oh, yeah. Well, what happened is. I always go to the truck race on Friday nights. They moved another race because of rain. So we were there for seven hours of racing and nine mm. hours of drinking. And man, I, I don't, I don't, re- I don't really drink like that. And I woke up Saturday morning not feeling so good. But oh. it was, it was fun though. Okay, hopefully you've rallied for today because we've got some oh, good I'm ready. topics for it. All right, good. Let's start off in the quarterback world <clears throat> in Pittsburgh, um, as explained by Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Quote. There appears to be some internal division that maybe Mason Rudolph should be the starter, given his performance at the end of the season where he led them to the playoffs. So I ask you this three-pronged question. Should Pittsburgh, A, stick with Kenny Pickett, B, go with Mason Rudolph, or C, wipe the slate clean and either draft one or go the free agent route? Well, unfortunately, they... A is the only reasonable answer, and there's no good answer for this because they're they're at pick number 20, which is not good quarterback range. Um, You drafted Kenny Pickett less than two calendar years ago. I know you could go look at Mason Rudolph's stats and like, oh, man, that was actually better than you would have thought. But they kind of had a couple of explosive plays that skewer that a little bit. You cannot go with Mason Rudolph. They they are just in a bad spot quarterback-wise. They are in quarterback hell right now. Well, I, I ask you why you can't do it. Like, it's never been easier to move off of a first-round quarterback than right now, right? In the old days, you used to have to pay these guys an astronomical figure. Now you're slotted in, and he was, what, the 20th pick or twenty, whatever it was a couple of years ago. So he wasn't like the number two pick where the, the numbers are going to be that insane. The thing about Mason Rudolph, he's about to be a free agent, and he's been in your system forever, and you've never really considered him to be the guy anyway so why right not. now yeah because he's not exactly we know that so why can't you just wipe the slate clean admit a mistake not a huge mistake you took a swing in a terrible quarterback class that year he was the only guy who went in the first three round or first two rounds i think so why don't you just say hey we screwed it up we're gonna go try and fix it uh, what's your solution to that because i just i just don't see the unless kirk cousins is a, a legit landing spot uh, that's a legit landing spot for him, but I don't see that being the case. I feel like you just kind of got to let Arthur Smith get a, a year in with Kenny Pickett and play out this year. Because, again, I I just don't see the easy – I think drafting another QB at 20 would be – you'd just be doing the Kenny Pickett thing all over again. You could be, um, but we have seen guys that have – I don't want to even say slide. I think if you're a first-round quarterback, that's damn impressive, whether you're 1, 20, or 32 – um, but maybe you just have to trust your evaluations of somebody, right? I mean, why wouldn't you give Michael Penix a shot? Why wouldn't you give Bo Nix a shot? I mean, if J.J. McCarthy, I don't know if he's going to get all the way down there. Why wouldn't you? 
It doesn't seem like J.J. McCarthy is going to get, he might not even get out of the top 10. Right. Because I think those are two older quarterbacks who, you know, Penix can do some decent things. Bo Nix, I'm not very impressed with. I feel like if you're trust, like, to me, those guys are similar profiles to Kenny Pickett, right? Without doing a full profile on, on either of them yet, but watching them, those, those get, you know, I watched the, all those guys down in Mobile, Alabama, and they all very similar players to me. And I think Kenny Pickett is somewhat talented, and I think he's been under bad offensive coaching. I think Arthur Smith, even though it didn't go well in Atlanta, I think he's actually a halfway decent fit for them in Pittsburgh too. I would let it ride with Kenny Pickett for a year with not much expectation, but that's just kind of the best with what we have. Okay, if that's the case, how many teams definitely have worse quarterback situations than the Steelers in the AFC? Here's my list. I got New England. I think Tennessee at this point, the Raiders, and Denver. Those are the teams because there's way too many question marks. And by the way, some of those teams are going to um, fix Patriots that. Patriots top the, three pick. Right, Patriots top three pick. Um, Will Le- I, I mean, I like Will Levis more than I do Kenny Pickett at this point. I do too. I do too. But I think that it's because he's only started, what, eight games? or I, I don't even know what the number was last year. Yeah, at least there's like a big ceiling there that's just not there with Pickett. Yes, I would agree with you. Why wouldn't the Steelers, and I have to check their their cap number, so I'm speaking a little bit out of turn. Why wouldn't you make a play for a Baker Mayfield? So I feel like you're just staying in QB hell with that. Really? I thought Baker played great last year. I thought he was phenomenal. You don't think that you could win a lot of games with Mike Tomlin's coaching and the Steelers' defense? And, you know, I mean, they do pretty good drafting elsewhere. I mean, do you think Pittsburgh is going to be a better situation than Tampa last year? For Baker? Yeah. And Baker's up and down. I mean, he's an up. He's just an up and down quarterback in his career. Like you said, he was very nice, but they lost um, Dave Canales. I don't. I don't see Arthur Smith being the guy who even gets that hot. Maybe like yeah, Baker. I'd rather have Baker than Kenny Pickett right now. But Baker's. I mean, the floor for Baker might be twenty five mil a year. I mean, it's kind of important to pay that position. But I, I, but to me, you just invested in Kenny Pickett less than two years ago. I, he's been, he's had horrible offensive coaching. I'm not saying like, but I think Kenny Pickett can be just as good as what Baker's done. Okay. Um, like I, I would just, I would roll with Kenny Pickett. I, I don't love it. I'm not feeling good as a Pittsburgh front office person. But to me, that's your best option. Not investing big money in someone who's not going to be your future, and you know, roll roll in a year with Kenny Pickett and seeing what more you have with him, even though well, listen, I'm I'm not, I don't have faith in that either. I I think they're just in a bad spot. The only answer though, is do not start Mason Rudolph. Well, I don't think they'll get that chance. I think he's going to be a free agent. I think somebody will sign him as a, as a uh, clear cut number two, which he wasn't even this year because that was Mitchell Trubisky for most of the season. All right. Speaking of quarterbacks on the move, according to I, Thomas Goonley, I believe is how you say it of the Denver post, uh, Russ and Sierra, they've put their Denver mansion up for sale. Uh, Wilson expected, of course, to be released right around the league new year. Do you have a good landing spot for the former Super Bowl champion and nine-time Pro Bowler? No. Actually, New England is the only one that would make sense to me. Because to say they went Jaden Daniels, you could bring Russell in as kind of a bridge starter, help build some of that culture there. Um, 
but like the other ones is Atlanta. Like I, that would to me would be like, man, this is what we're doing. If you're the Falcons, the Raiders, I don't know if he's going to fit into that locker room. To me, the Patriots are the only one that could make sense. But again, I I don't think he's going to get a lot of money. All right, and I don't think there's I don't think there's any spot where he's like, yep, he's our starter for the year, and this is this is good. We're happy with it. I've. I'm having a real hard time with this one. Now, the good thing, the thing working in Russ's favor is that the Broncos are locked in to pay him $39 million next year. So he can take a veteran's minimum. And so any team you imagine would be interested in him because it's not like, oh, well, we have to manipulate the cap a little bit and make some moves in order to bring Russ in. That is not the problem here. The problem is finding the right dance partner. If Kirk Cousins moves on, does a place like Minnesota make sense in Kevin O'Connell's offense? I, I thought about that, but... That O'Connell offense is about being on time. And right. Russ is not that, right? That is not him at all. Again, oh. he's, he's, I mean, I, the Patriots are the only one that I make sense because he's a good fit for that culture, a, a bridge starter, you know, to whatever quarterback they draft, if they do draft a quarterback with the top three pick. But I mean, I understand that quarterbacks have been playing into their 40s and stuff, but. I mean, Baker's going to be 36 this year. At some point, it does end. Wait, who'd you say is going to be 36? Or Russell. Sorry, Russell. I said Baker. Okay, yeah. Uh, similar dimensions. Um, yeah, I just, it's amazing. I cannot find a place for him. And I think that there, even though his numbers were okay, I just, I think there's a little bit of a football stink around him. Right there was, that wasn't good QB play last year. That was, again, we, I remember when we were doing MVP talk, we looked at the box scores and like, Russell Wilson's box score stats are kind of good. But when you watch them play, that was ugly offensive yep. football. Yep. It was like to hold on to the ball, throw a check down, and then throw the ball deep to Cortland Sutton four times a game. I don't know where he ends up. I, he's got to definitely be the starter. You can't have a guy like that. He's played every down since his rookie year. He, that, that's what he does. He plays, he plays. He doesn't hold a clipboard. I mean, we saw what happened last year in Denver when he had to go do that at the end. That wasn't pretty. Well, man, Russ, Russ wouldn't want to do that. Like To me, again, what you could say, oh, he could be the best quarterback in this spot, but what team wants to come in and bring Russ their starter and it gets a little harder? Right? I mean, and again, like maybe it, would, would it be the worst thing in the world for Russ to – to hang it up, like it'd be better for him to hang it up than be a backup. Oh boy, that's a great question. $39 million to hang it up and go do TV. That'd be fascinating. What about Pittsburgh? We just talked about that. I think he's going to fit in with that locker room very well, like with some of the issues they have. Um, you know. Tony Romo was in a situation like this. Now, I think Romo was playing better. And he just decided, you know what? It's better for me to just quit than trying to go and do a last hurrah in Jacksonville. Uh, and again, I think Romo was better at that point. Why can't Russ? I don't know if he has to go TV, but he's made a lot of money. Again, New England is the one that makes sense, right? Go do New England. But we are, I mean, we're, we're heading for like a Cam Newton end of career type of stuff for uh, Russell Wilson right now. Yeah, Where it just feels could... like it's going to go fast that way. It already yeah. has. It already has. Yeah. He's he's not a Hall of Famer, is he? 
No. I don't either. But he, oh, man, it's tough. He had some really, like, he was really good in Seattle. I don't want to discount what he was in Seattle. So maybe he is, but just the end of career stink is, it's fresh in our minds right now. So maybe we'll feel different about him for years. We know it's easier for quarterbacks than any position. Uh, But because he, he was really good in Seattle. I don't want to discount that either. All right, let's move on. The DraftKings has uh, DraftKings has the highest odds of Kirk Cousins returning to Minnesota this offseason. But if the veteran free agent does become available, the Atlanta Falcons are next on the odds list. If Kirk flies and lands in Atlanta, are they a Super Bowl contender? You know, it sounds silly when you talk about a 7 and 10 team and and not, you know, a top 5 to 7 QB with Kirk Cousins, he's probably around that 8 to 10 range. Like, oh, Kirk Cousins makes it like that sounds like overreaction. But I don't think it is. With the state of the NFC, you're matching him with a top offensive line, a good wide receiver core, a great running back tight end duo. They went seven and ten with the worst sustained QB play in the NFL. They're top ten in rushing. And their defense isn't as bad as I thought when I went back and looked at it, right? Mm-hmm. Like they only had eight interceptions, Jesse Bates being six of them. They were number 18 in scoring defense, number 12 in EPA per play. And the last two games of the year when that team seemed to have quit really made it worse. If you cut out those last two games, they're number eight in scoring D and number five in EPA per play. Uh, so I do think so because they're going to – if you put them on the Falcons, they are the clear division winner there. I, 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 w- I will take them up against you know Detroit and Green Bay and – Dallas is, you know, a little more talented, but they choke in the playoffs. San Fran is obviously there, but yeah, I, I absolutely, I absolutely think they're contending. Like they're to me, they're an automatic like second round team in the NFC. Yeah, I would have a good feeling about them because whatever deficiencies they did have defensively, and they were they were slightly better than middle of the pack. You just gave us some numbers there. I think Raheem Morris is going to ratchet that up. I think offensively. Zach Robinson, I think working with Kirk Cousins would be perfect, right? Perfect. He's, it's a perfect fit there. Yes. And, uh, of course, he's coming over from the Rams where he's worked with Matthew Stafford the last few years, and we saw how successful that pairing has been. Um, I do think so. And they also have a top 10 pick. So Thank you. They have a good – and they would not have to go and trade for a quarter. They don't have to use a pick right. on a quarterback. Yes. You plug him in. You could use that top 10 pick on – like there's some wide receiver, like make that offense even more lethal. Get a Brian Thomas Jr. out of out of you know LSU mm-hmm. breakdown on the channel coming later this week. Nice, um, you know, or get best player available at defense. Like they do need a lot of help in the front seven mm-hmm. uh, department too. So you can go get one of those guys. Hey, uh, go, but go they they are primed to be the surprise team if they if they get Kirk Cousins. They are to me they're a playoff lock. And I think it would I had no surprises if they're in the NFC championship. And I believe, uh, according to over the cap, they are right around the same uh, salary cap situation as the Minnesota Vikings, right around 25 million available in space. Is there some, you know, finagling you're going to have to do with the caps to, to fit Kirk Cousins in there and still do what you want the rest of the offseason? Yes. But we are talking about the most important position in sports. So I think you and I are in agreement here. I think that would be fun. Um, I like their coaching higher, uh, in part because not only do I believe in Raheem Morris for the second time as a full-time coach, he was also an interim coach there for a short stint a few years ago, but I like the offensive hire, which when you're a defensive-minded head coach, that's the number one thing people want to know is, are you doing a 
good job with your offense. Yes, the guy from the McVay tree. It makes sense. All the numbers add up there. So I think Atlanta is primed. But don't screw up this quarterback stuff. Please. You've done that enough. I kind of feel like Atlanta's a little bit like the Chargers of the NFC. Like, they're talented. It feels like their coaching has held them back in recent years. And you wonder why they aren't better. And I think even if they had good quarterback, again, I think Des, like they had the worst sustained quarterback play throughout the year, mm-hmm. not including like teams that got injured, guys that got injured and stuff. Like if they had even a- average or above average QB play, Arthur Smith might still have his job. So, I, you know, because they probably win that division. Um, they are primed to make a big jump if they get Kirk Cousins. Like, so to me, We'll see how Philly rebuilds, but to me, they're they're in the top four. Like four, San Fran is obviously still number one. We'll see how Philly rebuilds. I'd probably put them at two. I think they're going to figure it out with some of the coaching stuff, and then Dallas three, Atlanta four. Yep, you're right. Over, I, like I would, I would take them over Detroit and Green Bay at this moment. Let's get out of the quarterback realm for just a second. A pair of big-name NFC East running backs could be on the open market. Your guy, Saquon Barkley, of course, and Tony Pollard of the Cowboys, who Micah Parsons said Dallas should actually bring back very productive like the last third of the season. So the question is with Barkley, I guess how close he is to Christian McCaffrey and you bring him back. But I guess my big question about these these guys is, do you think one, both, or neither return to their respective squads? I don't have a great feel on how Dallas feels about Pollard in this, but I can speak to Saquon. It makes all the sense in the world for both sides, for Saquon Barkley and the Giants to break up. But they are in a toxic relationship where the Giants don't have offensive weapon. He's their best offensive weapon, right? And Saquon likes to stay, despite that it's a horrible football situation for him because he wants to have a career after football as a New York Giants lifer and all that comes with that in the New York, you know, media market. So I, I can't, I, I don't believe that these two sides are going to quit each other. And I, I think the Giants and Saquon figure something out, even though I am on the boat of letting Saquon Barkley walk. He's heading into year seven. He misses games every year. So he's not creating the explosives at the, even close to what he was doing early in his career. Uh, it's a still gonna. It's a bad offensive line. It's just we've been in, we're, we invested in running back to for us to have a bad running game. Like at some point, you got to move off Saquon Barkley for the Giants. This isn't gonna last forever. We were coming off year four. I would say bring him back, but we're not. I know this is this is a tough one, right? It hits a little home close to home. Here's the advantage for guys like Barkley and Pollard. This is not a great running backs class and it's certainly not close to what we had last year where we had two dudes taken in the top 12 and they were both amazing right Bijan Robinson I think he was taken eight by the Falcons seven or eight and then Jameer Gibbs was taken 12th by the Lions and just both of them were sensational in every facet of the game there's not that guy this year you probably won't see a running back taken until maybe the middle of the second round unless somebody gets a little frisky and trades up and goes and gets somebody now, there's a bunch of guys, I think, that'll end up going in rounds two and three, and that's perfectly fine in today's world. You know, I mentioned Christian McCaffrey's name. How close to, to McCaffrey is Barkley? Not anymore. He's not, he's, they're not close. Right. Uh, Chris McCaffrey's always been a better receiver by, mm-hmm. to me, a good margin over Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. And 
Hey, if if Saquon Barkley goes behind a really good run scheme and offensive line, he's he will be good next year, right? Like I don't I don't view him as a bad player last year, but it was bad production, and he's not the guy that once took like made up for that, right? Like earlier in his career, it was it was special, right? Like it was stuff we have never seen, right? Where it's like, how is he doing some of the stuff that he's doing? That type of stuff doesn't happen anymore, despite him still being a good running back. It's just not a good. It's it's this is not the way for the Giants to fix their running game is by paying a running back who's entering year seven, misses games every year, and just had three point nine yards per carry, which is well below average. Right. If I were both these teams now, Pollard, I think they might be able to get back on a one year deal. To be honest with you, I know he right. played. You know, Micah Parsons once and back, and he did his numbers. And the running game's numbers were significantly better the last six or seven games or whatever the cutoff mark was. But now, you know, we know what he is, and more importantly, I guess, what he isn't. He's not the lead dog. And there aren't a lot of lead dogs anymore, right? I mean, McCaffrey is one of one. Nick Chubb, who knows what he's going to look like when he comes back from this major knee injury, his second major knee injury. Um, But those are the guys you pay. You just don't... You can pay running backs. You can. There mm-hmm. are a couple of special ones. I just don't think that Saquon falls into that category. And the Giants have too much to repair to start sinking financial resources. Now, I'll listen if you want to say, well, why'd they pay Daniel Jones instead of say, fine. But they yeah, two did. mistakes don't make a, you know, two, right. two wrongs don't make a right. You can't do that. You can't throw bad money after bad money. It'll leave you on the outside looking in at the playoffs. So don't do it. Say, nice job. We'll take a guy in the third round. We'll live with that. We'll make it work. He might not be Saquon, but if he's 85% of Saquon and costs 20% of Saquon, then that's a win for us. Invest in the offensive line. Spend that money, that 10 to $12 million per year, trying. trying to get offensive alignment, right? You know, and we've seen it, right? Offensive, you know, running back is re- dependent on the offensive line and the run scheme. Um, like you said, you have special guys that can go above and beyond that, but Saquon at that point is not, is not that he's a very good running back still, but I'm just not betting on him getting better with time because he's gotten worse every single year. The numbers, the eye test, it shows it's gotten worse over time. And I'm not, I'm not betting on that getting better over the next two years, especially with the way the giants are situated with their, their roster. All right, we'll wrap things up uh, talking a little bit more about Micah Parsons. He scored 37 points and won the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game MVP. I think he still is is shooting. I think he's, he shot more than the guys on Sunday, which is saying something when, when they take 168 three-pointers or whatever it was. Name one NBA player currently out there that you'd like to try and see suit up on Sundays. Um, Ben Simmons, so he's off my team. Uh, Kyrie Irving because he ruined my team. I'd like to see him get lit up. Joel Embiid because I can't stand. Him. No, the the real answer is LeBron because I actually think LeBron would have been a great NFL player if he did that. If he went that route, I've told you this before. He does not like contact. Okay, he is a he is a. He's athlete. got accustomed to the to basketball. Like if he was playing football, he would. Like he's he, like he's an insane athlete that we've like really never seen like i i think the whole he doesn't like contact thing is more of like he's just adapting to the nba it's annoying as shit when they flop and stuff but that's just the nba and he's trying to get the most out of it like what he's able to do at this point of his career is still nuts to me he would have been a star nfl player and i would have liked to see that um 
I, I always thought about this when I would watch LeBron, particularly in his early years with the Cavs, and he would sprint down the court. It's only 94 feet, right? I mean, how often are guys, we really only get to see them sprint maybe 60 feet at a time. And you're like, God damn, I would love to see him run a 40 yard dash. I've always wanted to see it. Um, but I would say another Cavalier. I don't know how closely you follow the NBA, but Donovan Mitchell is built like a running back. He's listed at 6'3", 215. I think he's shorter than 6'3". So he's pretty close to the dimensions of Adrian Peterson. Now, I'm not saying he's going to shake your hand and rip it off like AP did. But I have always said, my God, he would make an incredible running back. He's shifty. He's got great feet. um, Amazing change of direction and power. I would love to see him run the football. Now, I need to make sure he's out of a Cavaliers uniform because I can't have him playing both because I need him. And even in the Cavs, but I think he's one dude who could get it done. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. I, w- I want the Nets to try and go get him. Uh, I'm trying to think of anyone Stop. outside the obvious answer of LeBron. Um, yeah, to me, as soon as you asked this, I just thought of players I want to see get lit up, and that was Ben Simmons and Kyrie, Kyrie Irving that was and Joel fun. Embiid. That was fun. Well, you don't like Embiid, huh? No, I think he talks so much shit for a guy who's never been out of the second round. Hey, and speaking of the you know J- John Boy media, like remember when him and Carl Anthony Towns got it, went after it, mm-hmm. and Carl Anthony Towns worked him, and he got up like acting like he had won that interaction, and that to me, I just he talks so much shit for a guy who's gassed in the second round, ever never even left the second round in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I cannot stand Joel Embiid, and there's wow. been some run-ins with the Nets and stuff too. Wow. Making your presence felt on that. All right, we're back at it again later this week. Uh, we'll keep you posted which day of the week it is, whether it's a thir- most likely a Thursday, I think, is probably where we're going to end up and yeah, find a happy medium on that. And there's always off-season talk, and then we've got the Combine next week, and a couple weeks after that, the start of the league new year, and then draft is – I mean, it's all, it's all coming right at you. We can't wait. We cannot wait. So for our producer, Mike, who always does a bang-up job, and Bobby Skinner from the Talking Giants world, I am Chris Rose. We will see you later this week on Football Today.